Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 154, When Your Eyes Don't See. Now, like normal, I always let you know how the fundamentals of how the teaching started or what was going on in my mind. And I can tell you, I I think you recognize that over the last few weeks, uh, things have happened in my life and you're part of the journey. I think you will be going through the stages of grief with me as I learn to... uh, adapt and go through those feelings and emotions regarding Reverend Helm and his going home to be with the Lord. So if you don't know me, I am a person that loves to study pictures. I look at TV shows, movies, and I'm always contemplating the scenery. I'm looking at the lines. I'm looking at a lot of things. Well, in the course of what happened with my husband, I always was contemplating, knowing how sick he was, some things in advance, and as it was happening, I was just looking. I just kept looking at certain parts of his face, looking at parts of just expressions, whatever, just to study it, to try to make a memory, to make sure I wouldn't forget the little things. Well, in the weeks before, I wouldn't say that many weeks, but the weeks before uh, he really got into the hospice stage, He and I were driving down the highway and I said to him, I think one of the hardest parts of losing you as my friend is recognizing that it'll be a time where you'll be stuck inside your body and I want to talk to you and you won't respond because you won't have the ability to respond because of whatever's going on with your physical condition. We saw this in our sister-in-law and my my husband's sister and my sister-in-law, Joyce, where Joyce's was a life a force that talked and really supported everybody and it was just so active but when it came to what was happening at the end of her life she was kind of on a ventilator trapped and every now and then would squeeze a hand or, or not really react so I know there's a part where that happens so I told him that and he acknowledged it well as the time was drawing near for his uh, passing Day after day, I would see him in this mode where his eyes were closed. And knowing they would say the last things in a person who's getting ready to leave this earth, they always have their hearing. They don't normally, or they're not able all the time to open their eyes because of whatever's going on in their physical body. But I would notice that his eyes were closed and I, and I would say to him, I know you want to open your eyes, but you can't, but you can still hear. And I, I'm going to plan to still talk to you and sing to you and let you hear your music and speak the word of God and encourage you and pray with you. And so will all the, the kids, uh, we only have two, but the family members. So we'd always do that. But so over the last few days, you know, as it, this is like the second week, 14 days, I guess I should say, I got teary eyed. I mean, yeah, my eyes would tear up at the weirdest times. I mean, you would think that I would be having this emotional moment where I'm thinking about red, but it would be something totally not relevant to something going on. All of a sudden I get emotional. So I kept thinking about these eyes and and how there are times that the eyes tear up. There are times that when we want our eyes to open, when we're sick and dying, we can't even open our eyes. I said, what is with these eyes? And so then I started thinking about different scriptures in the the teaching of God's word with the eyes. And that's how I ended up getting here. Uh, Long story short, but that's how I ended up getting here. And Reverend has always talked to us about on every page of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, Find Jesus, look for Jesus, look for the hand of God pointing us to Jesus. And even as you're listening or looking at Milkshake Monday, you'll look at me, 
you may listen to what I'm saying. You may have hardly care. You'll go on and go past it. Maybe you'll be really intrigued and you'll pay attention to it. I don't know. But for what God gave me of the scriptures tonight, I am really glad that my mind went to the eyes. And so to some degree, you'll see the ears because in what the Lord shared with me was helpful to me, but I pray that it'll be helpful to you. And you may think I'm a broken record because I am going to continue to share every different week that God gives me every different way that I think that you can appreciate or learn or understand or get that seed about who Jesus is in your life. And I'm saying that because no matter if you are a new convert who just is learning about Christ or you've been loving him and growing with him for 30, 40 years. It doesn't matter whether you're at the baby stage or you're maturing. All of us are maturing, but you have to read this word and understand who Christ is for yourself so that you can know him for yourself, but you can also know him for the relationship of sharing him with others. And so I want to start with Matthew chapter 13. Many times over the course of the last few months, I've shared about the seeds, but I'm not sharing about the seeds for the sake of evangelism so much as I want you to have appreciation about the importance of spiritual seeing and spiritual hearing and how oftentimes we're in the fog of the natural seeing to the point that we miss what God wants to see us in the spiritual, what things he wants us to see and appreciate in the spiritual. And you say, what does spiritual mean? It means that it's not about the now. It's about something that's in that eternal. And yeah, it may apply to what's going on with us now, but we have to see it in the context of what Jesus Christ wants us to understand about him, his father, and through the spirit of God, the spirit of truth for us to understand about the eternity. So, on Matthew 13, let's start at verse 12. Now I'm reading out of the uh, New King James. It says, For whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because they were wondering, his disciples said, why are you always talking to these people around you in parables? Christ had the opportunity to speak clearly, but here he's saying, I'm giving more to those who have and I'm taking away to those who he says does not have. Even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because... Seeing, they do not see. And hearing, they do not hear. Nor do they understand. And in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing, you will hear and shall not understand. And seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing and their eyes they have closed. Lest should see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. 
For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Now, Friday night's Bible study, I was sharing about when you got serious about the word of God. When did you got, when did you get serious about the church of Jesus Christ? And how would you explain Christianity? Where would you take people in the Bible? And how did you get saved from grace or faith? That was a starting point. But the reality is there are people who don't want to take anything about the word of God serious at all. They would rather be serious about Netflix and chill and, and what, what are we doing for this weekend or how much money I got in the bank or who am I going to sleep with next week or what I got on my shoes or, you know, I've been watching, uh, the show, the shop under uninterrupted, um, LeBron show and Maverick Carter show. What I like about those shows is that I get to see behind the curtain of what people are feeling, how they're thinking, and you see what they really appreciate as important in their lives. Most times it's their family and that kind of stuff, but you just see some things. But for all the people on Facebook and Instagram and living their lives in whatever ways and it's captured on the videos and the little TikToks and stuff, you get to see how deep or how shallow people are. And you will say, Anita, why are you being so judgy? I'm not being judgy. I'm just saying, for me, who I've told you, I like to study pictures. I like to see behind the scenes because I really want to appreciate and understand where people are coming from, how they tick. Because when it comes to the things of God, when I speak to people, I really want the Lord and the Holy Spirit to help me reach. Reach people that don't want to come to church, don't want to come into the building, don't want to hear about the Bible, but I want to be able to reach them and however the Spirit of God will allow me to reach them. So I wanted to start off here because I wanted appreciation from the Lord Jesus Christ for you to hear that there's an importance to seeing, and I'm talking about spiritually seeing, not the physical seeing. And when we have one of the stories about the blind man, he physically couldn't see until God, the father through Jesus, allowed Jesus to heal him for him to see. And even at that point of having the healing, he did not actually know Christ in the sense of salvation. Christ healed him. Now let's go to first Corinthians. I can't give you all the answers. Reverend used to do this and he used to bug me, but I understand it now. He, he would ask a question. He wouldn't give us the answers. He said, I'm not giving you all the answers. I want you to study for yourself. I want you to think about in your prayer time and your private time, what seeing spiritually having the eyes of the discernment of Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit, what seeing he wants you to have in your relationship with him. And not just for yourself, for your ministry to share who Christ is to others. When you keep your eyes on your family members and what they're doing and what they're not doing, you keep your eyes on everything about yourself, who you like, who you don't like, how they're not talking to you this way that you want them to talk to, where you want to go, what you want to buy. You're seeing fleshly, natural things where God is putting things that are supernatural in the place here and there, but you're so focused on the natural, you're missing out on the supernatural. And there's some things that are un unfolding. I mean, we're seeing things where people are 
wanting to be free in, in Afghanistan and they're willing to, to hold on tight to a plane and crash to their death. There are things unfolding in this natural plane, but you have to see them through the supernatural ministry of what the scriptures have said. Now, I don't want to talk churchy because y'all, y'all know milkshake money is supposed to be a level where people can reach out. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 2 and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. And I, brethren, when I came to you, this is Paul, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. When I saw that, I thought about my husband. I didn't think he was in fear of, like, afraid. But anybody going to see Christ, you don't know what's going to happen. So there's a part of you that has a, does, does have an unknown. Didn't say you're fearful, but there's a reverence that you need to have when you're getting ready to go see the Lord. And then all that, all those things in the weakness of your body, strength of your spirit, but the weakness of your body. So I did think of my husband when I got to that scripture. But verse four says, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstrate of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in wisdom of men, but in the power of God. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. As we see CNN and MSNBC and Fox News and, and all these different channels of news and news and news, see what God is showing you. Look at the word of God and in the power of God and in your natural eyes, you're seeing stuff. But ask God to see in your spiritual discerning eye because he's telling you the rulers of this age are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And guess what? Even as I talk tonight, I can sense that there are people hearing that don't understand, that think, I'm confused. But guess what? You have to be a part of the kingdom of God. You have to ask the Lord Jesus Christ first to have him be a part of your life in sincerity of heart so that he can unravel the parable. Just like he was telling his disciples and he translated in Matthew 13. He said some things out loud to the public. And this is a public view. Anybody could listen to this video or this podcast. Anybody. But not everyone will understand the mysteries of the kingdom because it's not for everybody. God says in his scripture, it's not his will that any should perish. But the reality is there will be those who reject him as the son of God. And there are things that are being said, even in tonight, 
that you don't understand the difference between looking spiritual and using the discernment of the Holy Spirit or just looking with that natural eye. So I'm going to take you to some place where you can understand basic terminology. And I'm going to show you the, the natural eye in play before the spiritual eye gets in play. So let's go to Judges. And we'll go to Judges 16. Because it is not always easy to understand the Bible, but you're never going to understand it being lazy. You're never going to understand it when you don't want to read it and you don't want to meditate on it and you don't want to ask the Spirit of God to reveal things to you. It's not for people who want to be lazy. That's not me being mean. I'm just telling you the way it is. So in, in Judges 16, you have Samson. Everybody knows Samson. Everybody knows Delilah. But the reality is Samson had a skirt. He was a skirt chaser. And my husband always used to say, um, Rev used to always say that there's a lot of ministers in the in the pulpit that sometimes have a Samson spirit, which they're always chasing skirts. Then it, some of them are, you know, very anointed as believers, but they have a skirt problem. So let's go to Samson and look at the very first word that it says about looking with the natural eye. Verse 1 of 16 for Judges. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw, that's his eyes, he saw a harlot, he saw a prostitute, he saw a lady of the evening, whatever you want to call it, a harlot. His eyes saw booty and he wanted the booty. And it said, and went into her, that means he went and had sex. His natural eye, no matter, no matter that his parents understood from the angel that he had to take the Nazarene vow, the Nazarite vow, and he had the long hair and didn't have, you know, the, the grape and all the, the stuff for the Nazarite vow. But he had an eye problem. He saw women and he wanted women. He wanted to sleep with them. That's natural. Even if you don't know a lot about the Bible, that's natural. He had an eye problem. But as you see this, the trickery of... Delilah, which we're not going to go into that, but the trickery of Delilah showed that he not only had a natural eye problem, he was having a spiritual eye problem because when he was being asked what is the secret to his strength, he started taking his eye off of the relationship of Christ and God and he was thinking it was about his hair. He was giving the credit of his power. Hey, nobody's ever shaved my hair before. Naturally, he could see his hair was growing and he never cut it. But he doesn't understand that relationship that he and God had was the connection of his power. The power of God that we were just talking about in the New Testament. So here we are. Let's go jump over to verse. Uh, let's make it easy. Go to verse 17. Verse 17 of that same chapter of Judges says, Basically, Delilah was nagging him to find the truth so she can get some loot from the people of the Philistines. So verse 17 says that he, being Samson, told her all his heart and said to her, No razor has ever come upon my head, for I have been a Nazarite to God from my mother's womb. If I'm shaven, then my strength will leave me. Was it his strength that gave him the power or was it his God that gave him the power? Was it his long hair and locks that gave him the power or was it the God of the power of Almighty that gave him the power? But he said, you shave me, I lose my power. My locks is my power. The shaving is my power. Not the God who's all powerful, but this is the shaving act. So it says here, 
He'd had a spiritual eye issue. If I'm shaven, then my strength will leave me and I shall become weak and be like any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart, she sent and called for the lords of the Philistine. Come upon him once more, for he has told me all his heart. So the lords of the Philistine came up to her and brought the money in their hand. Then she lulled him to sleep on her knees and called for a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head. Then she began to torment him and his strength left him. And she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But here's where he recognized the spiritual lack of his understanding and the vision of seeing and understanding spiritual things, not speaking to natural things. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He said his strength was gone. He would think his strength is gone, but the Lord departed from him. Now, over time, many of us have times where we backslide and we have issues and we struggle and we fail to do the word of God and we, we sin. And we have to repent of that sin and go before God. And it's not just a one-time thing. You have to repent of the sins that all of us commit every day and ask God to forgive us, forgive us, forgive us. But Samson had this opportunity where he didn't have his physical eyes because if you read, you'll find that they poked his eyes out, both of them. And so he had his natural eyes at one time and he was seeing in the fleshliness of it without the spiritualness. So now he's losing his physical eyes, his physical eyesight, physical sockets are gone with eyeballs. And now he's having an opportunity as he's in the prison to start speaking to God and start seeing God with his spiritual eyes, with the spiritual heart of his eyes to discern the things of God. And so when the point, when they're bringing him to make fun of him, I've taught this before. You can go look at the older. He's able to have that spiritual discernment with the eyes that are not these eyeballs that are gone. And when he asks the Lord, when he seeks the Lord in verse 28 of that same chapter 16, then Samson called to the Lord. This was of no eyeballs. He's calling to the Lord in his prayer life, in his, in his heart, in his spirit, in his soul. He's understanding his strength was never about his seven locks of hair. His strength was the presence of God, the almighty God. And so now he's had that time to reflect as he's pushing around in that pit. And he's recognizing where he went astray. He's seeing in the spiritual discerning wisdom of God way that we talked about in 1 Corinthians. He's spiritually understanding some of the mysteries of God. He's seeing and understanding. He's hearing from the voice of God in his spirit. And so in verse 28, then Samson called to the Lord saying, Oh Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me. Now he understands the source of his strength. 
It's not your money. It's not your church membership. It's not your family lineage. It's not your color of your skin. It's not your job. It's not your, your partisan connections. It's not that. It's the Lord. He says, strengthen me, I pray, just this once. Oh God, that I may be with one blow, take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. He's talking about vengeance for his two eyes, but he's seeing pretty clearly now without the natural eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might and the temple for the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. It wasn't him. It was the power of God. Now let's go to another scripture. John. Go back to the New Testament. John 9. We're not going to stay that long. John 9. There's something that God keeps telling me about. Discernment using the supernatural eye. Because Satan is very busy and he's doing the same tricks he's always doing. And I think if we would just take the time to read and let the Lord minister wisdom to us, spiritual wisdom through the spiritual discernment of the eyes of God, not the fleshly eyes, we would be more prepared for the wicked schemes that Satan is doing in each and every one of our lives. And we'd have some wisdom to know how to overcome through Christ, not through our strength. Not through the strength that we have in the natural. Samson had to understand that the hard way. But look at John 9. And this is about Christ. And this is that blind man. Now, many of us have our sight. We're looking at the video. We're hearing the video. We have those senses. But if anyone has lost a sense, I know when Reverend Helm had his stroke, he got, I would call it, bionic ears, bionic hearing. And he used to hear things. And you're like, you'd be whispering upstairs in the middle level. And Rev said, I heard you. I'd be doing milkshake Monday with the doors shut. And he said, I heard you. I was like, the doors are shut. How you hear me? He said, I heard you. So in John 9, you have a man that's blind. He's physically unable to see. But Christ is going to minister. And this Holy Spirit has allowed this story in here for a purpose. Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man. Now, we always think when we see saw by Christ, Christ doesn't just see like we see. He saw a man who was blind from birth. Now, he's knowing all this. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but the works of God should be revealed in him. I must, do y'all hear this? I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. That's what I'd like y'all to get. Understanding for why I teach this tonight. Why the spirit is allowing me to teach it. There is a time that we have to get to the point in our seriousness about our faith in Jesus Christ. About I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Satan understands the night is coming. We as Christians, I say that 
line every time at the end. The harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. You listening and wanting to learn and wanting to grow, it's your time. It's your time to step out of your comfort zone, step out of your box, step out of your inconvenient excuses for why you can't go, why you can't do, why you can't study, why you can't share. The time for the work of who sent you, who created you, who fashioned you, who have given you all of your journey, good, bad, painful as it may be. I'm at this place of being a widow at 54. I don't know why, but it's given me a get up and go to say, I've got to work while it is day. I can't, I, I can cry about Reverend Hamlet. Y'all know I'm crying. But I can't stay stagnant when it comes to telling us about who Christ is. What he's given me, whatever little bit of, of opportunity that he's given me in the gift of teaching, I've got to share it while I can still have breath to share. I can still, it's not easy for me to read without my glasses on. But I'm going to use these eyes to be able to read this scripture. And I see where he says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Christ is the light of the world and we are his temple. We are his ambassadors. We are to share the light. We are to be the salt of this world to share who Christ is. When he said these things, verse 6, he spat on the ground and made clay. We're made from the dust of the earth. Or made from the clay of the earth. And he's using clay to heal these natural eyes with his supernatural, all-powerful self. Made clay with the saliva and anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated scent. So he went and washed and came back seeing Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He's like him. He said, I'm he. But then you have to go and read, because I don't have time to find out that Christ had to still do a work of this man so he would know who he was, who he was in the power. Now let's go to Revelations 22, because I want y'all to see something. In Revelations 22, 1 through 4, there's a lot of seeing and hearing, just like we had in Matthew 13, just like we showed in 1 Corinthians 2. There's a lot of seeing and hearing from the beginning of the Bible all the way to Revelation 22. Study for yourself so the, the scriptures will be revealed through the Holy Spirit as you seek him. Revelations 22, 1 through 4, and he showed, showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal. Now, this is sight. This is him seeing. But he's seeing supernatural things in the heavenlies. Proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life. Which bore twelve fruits. Each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. We're his servants, gang. Here's verse 4, all this seeing. Look at all this seeing. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. 
there shall be no more night there. They need no lamp, no light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Then he said to me, These words are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angel to show his servants the things which must shortly take place. Behold, I am coming quickly. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. But do you think it's all about the ears and the see? Seeing. He was seeing supernaturally. Hearing. He was hearing supernatural. The prophecy of the future. Now I, John, saw and heard these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. Wrong person. Some of us falling down at the wrong feet. We're not supposed to be falling down at the feet of the bishop, the apostle, the man that has the big church. That's not who we're supposed to be falling down to. It says, who showed me these things. Then he said to me, see that you do not do that. For I am your fellow servant and of your brethren, the prophets and of those who keep the word of this book. Worship God. Do I need to end on anything but verse 9? Worship God. If you don't know and understand what's been said tonight, you need to see and have spiritual discernment with your eyes and your ears how to worship God Almighty. The time is drawing near. It's time for the work. While it's day, for the night cometh, where no man can work, saints. It's time. People are leaving out of here. And you can't be all moe. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I can't do, I can't do, I can't do. God has fashioned you to be his minister of the gospel for where he's put you to influence the people that he's drawing in your path for you to share the message of Christ, for you to share what you are discerning in the spirit of God to share about who Jesus is. Worship God. Last words I said, worship God. So Lord willing, I will see you next Monday. The harvest is ripe. But the labors are few. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to let you join in this harvest. Amen. God bless you.